have looked at the entire history of humanity from the beginning through the nation of Israel being chosen, through Jesus, through early church history, and up to the present day. And now we are going to look at the last two chapters of the book, the last three chapters of the book of Revelation, which talk about final judgment and the coming of Jesus. Wow, we've done a lot. Okay, so do you guys remember the four views of Revelation that you have on your handout? So these are... um, These are relevant up through chapter 19, but beginning in chapter 20 through 22, these four views don't really matter anymore because everyone is in agreement that chapter um, 20 is the final judgment and 21 and 22 is, um, well, is the final judgment, the second coming, and 21 and 22 is heaven meeting earth. And so you'll see um, your other handout, Revelation 20, Views of the 1,000 Years. Um, So these are, so you can believe whatever you want, whichever interpretation for the first 19 chapters of Revelation, and then it pretty much breaks down into these three views for Revelation 20. And so have you guys heard of the uh, Millennial Kingdom? Yeah, so this is an amazing handout. It breaks it down into the three main views. Um, Yes, it breaks it into the three main views. And yes, so I, um, (laughs) I personally, revealing my bias, I believe in the amillennial interpretation of these thousand years. But, um, yes, many people believe many things, but everyone agrees that it is the final judgment and the return of Jesus. And so, yeah, what we see here, apart from the debate on what exactly is the millennial, um, the millennial kingdom, um, ultimately what we see is Jesus coming and Jesus on a white horse Um, just completely destroying and throwing into uh, the lake of fire the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan. And yes, so here we see the removal, the extermination of all evil, of the source of evil who we saw in the beginning of the garden. We see that that in chapter 20 is no more. Jesus vanquishes all of it. Not only is the enemy um, taken care of, but death is also thrown into the lake of fire. Um, Yes. And Revelation 20, 12. um, Yes, this is where we see the dead were judged according to their works as recorded in the books. Um, And so those who have placed their faith in the Lamb will be judged according to the work of the Lamb, Jesus Christ on the cross. And those who haven't placed their faith in Him will be judged on their own works. And 
all humans are sinful, um, so it won't be a good judgment. That is what I have to say about that. Um, But what I wanted to focus on primarily in um, the next minutes that uh, in the time frame that we have is specifically what would have been the biggest hope to the original readers of this book, what would have been the greatest hope of all to the seven churches of Asia Minor who this book was written to. I want to talk about what has been the hope for believers ever since this book was written, and I'm going to talk about the hope that is ours today that we can find in these chapters. And so, yes, but before we do that, I wanted to, um, yes, I wanted to read some selected passages throughout the um, Bible, and I'm not going to give the direct references, so you can just listen along. I'll give them to you later if you want. Um, just showing us a picture of what God's desire has truly been from Genesis throughout all the books of the Bible and coming to a climax in Revelation 22. Yes, Exodus 6. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Exodus 29. I will dwell among the Israelites, and I will be their God. Leviticus 26. And I will walk among you, and will be your God, and you shall be my people. Jeremiah 11. So shall you be my people, and I will be your God. Jeremiah 30. And you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Ezekiel um, Ezekiel 34. They shall know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people. Ezekiel, um, Ezekiel 37. My dwelling place shall be with them, And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Zechariah 8. They shall be my people, and I will be their God. Zechariah 13. I will say, they are my people, and they will say, the Lord is our God. 2 Corinthians 6. I will live in them and walk among them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Hebrews 8. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And so that is not an exhaustive list. There are more verses just showing God from the beginning of time, before the fall, during the fall, while he chose Israel, while he was working Um, when he sent Jesus throughout early church history, for us today, his desire has been, his desire is now, and his desire will always be to be with his people who we have the privilege of calling ourselves his people. Yeah. And so we have gone through the Old Testament and we've been pulling out imagery. And so what I'm going to do now is just read 
Revelation 21 and 22 selected passages. And I actually would prefer it if you guys didn't follow along with me and even closed your eyes and remembered all the times that we talked about this sort of imagery in the prophets. Like really just close your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit to open up the eyes of your heart to truly see the beauty and the hope and the light and the love that is in these chapters. I might get a little emotional because these are my favorite two chapters of the book. I can feel it coming on. Yes, so I will read and let's just soak in the beauty of this promise. Okay. So close your eyes and ask the Spirit to just truly speak to your heart in these next few minutes. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, The tabernacle of God is among mortals. He will tabernacle with them. They will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And in the spirit he carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. It has the glory of God and a radiance like a very rare jewel. And the wall of the city has 12 foundations, and on them are the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The city lies foursquare, its length the same as its width, and he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. I saw no temple in the city. For its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, 
producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun. For the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. The hope here, the hope is so beautiful. These chapters bring every single prophecy from the Old Testament to a climax, to an absolute fulfillment. We see that there was a restored heaven and a restored earth. No sin, no death, no tears. God is living among mortals. His tabernacle is with us. His tabernacle will be with us. There was no temple because our source and object of worship is living and walking and breathing among us and it's God our creator and the sacrificial lamb, Jesus Christ. The hope is that there's a new garden, a place of restoration, complete perfection in relationship with God and relationship with man. Yes, it's back to the Garden of Eden, but it's better because there's only a tree, um, there's only a tree of life. There's no tree of the knowledge of good and evil anymore. This is a better Garden of Eden. This is a better Garden of Eden, and that's what we have to look forward to. (laughs) And one of the most beautiful things about this is that, yes, all of these promises and fulfillments are in the future, but we also have a taste of that now. I'm going to read Hebrews 12.22. But you have come. You already have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So we see that, yes, these promises are for the future, but we also see that we have a taste of it now because we as believers who trust in Jesus have already come to the holy city of God. We have already reached Mount Zion But we see that these promises are not yet completely fulfilled. Because in Hebrews 13, 14, it says, For here we have no lasting city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. And so the beauty of Revelation 21 and 22 is that we can experience, we are experiencing it here and now. And when Jesus comes back to right all wrongs, it will just get better. It will be incomparable. Because right now, we still live in a world of sin. Sin has no hold on us as believers anymore, but this world is still affected by sin. And so while we can come to um, Mount Zion right now, while we are the temple of God here on earth, The hope and the promise of Jesus is that he will return. He has not left us orphaned, as John 14 says, but he will return and he will come to take us to be with him 
in a place of perfection, no sin, no death, just the perfect presence of God. And so, to the persecuted seven churches in Asia Minor that this book was written to, knowing that this is the promise that they have to look forward to, would have made walking through any and every circumstance, situation, and persecution worth it. This is the hope that has held believers throughout the entire church history. And this is the hope that we have. This is the hope that we live for. This is the hope that we look forward to ourselves. And so to truly know that this, as the people of God, the people who God has tabernacled with, is tabernacling with, and will continue to tabernacle with in the future, the story, all we can say, all we can say is what the author of the book of Revelation says in Revelation twenty-two, twenty, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Yes. And so as we have worked through the entire Bible, what a feat, you guys. You guys have been champions. I would encourage you, never leave this book. In this book, we have our hope. In this book, we see who we are. In this book, we see God. We see We have everything that we need. We can walk through anything and everything, the persecution, the trials, the hard situations, when we have the hope of Revelation 21 and 22 to look forward to. And, yes, so I would encourage you, never leave this book. Keep falling more in love with God's word. Keep falling more in love with the author. Take a train ride from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 and back again for your entire life long. Never leave the train of this journey with God through the Bible.